Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm I'm excited to be with you today. I'm always excited. I'm sitting here in the Furman Garner Performance Center at KUAF. You know, we've partnered up with them, so we uh, record a lot of episodes here at Furman Garner, here at KUAF. And today, as usual, I'm sitting in front of another amazing guest that um, has decided to uh, spend some time with me and talk about what they're working on. But before I tell you about what they're working on, one thing I want to say is I really appreciate the tribe that is I Am Northwest Arkansas. I appreciate the people that support what I'm doing. I appreciate, I mean, it's been, I was amazed. I was talking with somebody today about just the podcast and I'm like, man, I've been doing this for four and a half years. Every single week, I have not missed a week in four and a half years, and so there's something to be said for consistency, right? I was um, 
looking at a post about a creator. His name is Marquez Brown. Brown, I think it's Marquez Brown. Can't think of a. He goes by MKBHD on YouTube. He's got about 18 million followers. He started out in 2009 on YouTube in his bedroom as a high school student. And now, what is that? I don't do public math, but 14 years later, he makes about $8.5 million a year as an influencer in his space that he's in, which is in technology. He's interviewed everybody from Bill Gates to Barack Obama. Now, you might be wondering, well, Randy, why are you telling me all this? I'm saying all this because there's something to be said for showing up every day and putting in the work. You got to put in the work. A lot of people see what I've been doing. They're like, oh, I want to do that. And I'm like, are you willing to do this with consistency all day long? And my guest is looking at me like, yes. And when you hear who my guest is, you're going to like, you're going to say, okay, this makes sense. But I just thought it just really resonated with me. And I wanted to share with those of you that are listening that maybe you haven't gotten out of your own little bubble and recognize that we're in this big world and that you've got something to share with that world. And so, I really want to encourage you to get out and get consistent with whatever your message is, whatever story you want to tell the world. Sometimes we can be our own worst critic. And of course, we all, a lot of us struggle with imposter syndrome, but I'm here to tell you that you need to kick that all to the curb and you need to just be willing to go out and go after it. And so I don't know why I decided to to open up this podcast with that, but that's for somebody that needed to hear that today of all days. So you might be listening to this podcast, the time that it's released, you might be listening to it a year later, but the message will be timely for you in that moment. So I just want to encourage you to go after it, make it yours. And you may not make a million dollars, you may not make any money from it, but just remember that we're all called to leave an indelible impression and a mark on this world before we leave it. And I really want to encourage you to find out what that mark is and to be consistent about delivering it on a daily basis. Now, This guest that I have here today, I put out a message on Instagram a while back saying, hey, what episodes would, you know, you guys in Northwest Arkansas like to hear about? And I got several responses back. Of course, they like the food episodes. I heard back that you guys wanted to learn more about a lot of the local bricks and mortar bookstores that are here in Northwest Arkansas. That's an episode that's coming up. But one of the overwhelming comments that I got was, We want to know about the comedy scene in Northwest Arkansas. And so I said, okay, well, let me put that together. And literally from the moment that I I hadn't even tapped out the word comedy, this individual's name came to me in so many different ways. And so I said, you know, I got to reach out to him right away. And he was as as kind as could be and said, yes, I'm happy to be on on the podcast. His name is Francisco Frisco Valencia. And he is also known as the Frisco Kid. And uh, he's originally hails from L.A. And we had our conversations about Southern Cal and (laughs) the fact that it never rains in Southern California. But no, in seriousness, I'm so excited to have Francisco Valencia on the podcast today. We call him the Frisco Kid. So that's what you got to call him. And when you you go out to some of the comedy shows that he's going to tell you about, he's going to be the headline you'll see is the Frisco Kid. So. Without further ado, Francisco, how are you doing? I am perfect. How am I supposed to you just gave like a like an intro like nobody else? I'm Sorry, like, you know? <laughs> man. Listen, I um, I mean, it was just on my heart to share, and I just I think it's important, and I know that resonates with you because you know showing up is just half the battle, right? Yeah. You have to show up, and so I just thought about that today because I'm constantly 
working on getting new information out and sharing it with the widest audience possible. And I have to be reminded of how important it is to be consistent and to be your true self at all times. And so what, you know, I tell people all the time, what you see is what you get with this podcast. This is me. I enjoy sharing out all the information that I share. But what I what I enjoy even more is sharing my platform with other people so that they can tell their stories. And because I think it's important, we all have a story to tell. And I think it's important for us to be able to do that. So why don't you that's like the longest preamble ever. I know, folks. (laughs) Why don't you go ahead, uh, Frisco, and give your superhero origin story. Tell the audience why they should even care about what you are up to here in Northwest Arkansas. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. Uh, that was pretty good, huh? <laughs> it was good. It was good. I like that. I oh, like that. Oh, man. I, so many things are happening. And right now it's out of control. Just now I'm booked up all the way to November now. I'm, it's so exciting. Comedy is just taking off. And not just any comedy, the way we're doing comedy. Okay. That's what's separating us from, I got my own team, Joe Means, Sean Chopola, Ayla, and every now and then, Crabgrass make an appearance. Okay. And right now is we did a show last week. It was like Friday at the Boss Man restaurant in Rogers. And they they were a little worried. They're like, oh, we don't, we don't, we've never had a comedy show here before. At the end of the night, all we hear is we need more chairs. <laughs> I, I can't believe as many people showed up. Right. And he's like, so you guys have to come back. Yeah. Like, same thing happened in Eureka. Same exact same thing. And I keep telling people, man, you guys show up and look what we're doing. You know, it's, it's amazing just to see pe- the way people are interacting with us. And it's just, it's, it's exciting right now. And I'm, like you said, at first, when I first started, I had nobody coming out to my shows, yeah. promote it, promoting, promoting. And it just, like you said, showing up, showing up and finally got over the hunt. And now it's, like I said, right now it's just, the phone is just blowing nonstop. It's so exciting for me. Cause I'm like, man, this is, I gotta, I need a schedule now, you know? Yeah. So I'm looking, so many things are happening and, I'm very excited. Yeah. Well, you should be, man. And and I certainly applaud you and your team. I'll have to get everybody's correct spellings down so I can put all that in the show notes and folks can find out where they can next see the Frisco Kid. And I, I definitely want to come out to a show because I'm a big comedy fan. You know, I go way back, right, to like Richard Pryor. I remember as a kid growing up, you know, comedy for me was like LaWanda Page who played on, uh, what was it, uh, Sanford and Son. And she played, she was a foil to Red Fox's character, to Fred Sanford. And as a kid, I couldn't listen to her records because they were, you know, they were kind of like, not X-rated, but R-rated, right? And so, and then you, you know, and even Red Fox, I couldn't listen to him because his stuff was R-rated. And then, of course, Richard Pryor, but Live on the Sunset Strip is probably one of the greatest comedy albums of all time. And I remember my dad owned it. And I would sneak it and listen to it. And man, it, you talk about laughing. Yeah, I mean, it was so funny. And then I was kind of at that age when you had comedians like booking stadiums and stuff like that. And when Eddie Murphy did Delirious. And yeah, I mean, some of the folks that are listening to this can remember that. But then there's a there's a whole new generation that, you know, their greatest comedians are reaching them through TikTok. Yeah. You yes. know what I'm saying? So it's it's kind of come. From a place where we were in vinyl before, and then, you know, we iterate, we kept iterating, and then we would have some of our favorite comedians, we'd see them in movies, and we'd see them online on shows or on HBO, and then Netflix, but now, like my kids, it's so accessible, it's like anybody that's funny can do a bit or a skit, 
and show up for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. That's how people are getting discovered nowadays. Yeah, that's we're hitting the TikTok now. Like we're we're starting to hit that now. We're starting to hit all platforms because it's true. Like I'm watching these comedians that are like first started out as making funny videos and now they're touring doing comedy sets. And yeah. I was like, that's crazy because because that's not their first instinct is to be a comedian. They started like this guy named the Polar Bear. Okay. He was just a, he made funny videos. I didn't even know he was a comedian until I saw, <laughs> until I saw him on, like he has a tour out and I was like, what? Yeah. So yeah, like I know what you're saying about TikTok and like, we, you know, doing that because a lot of people that make videos and like stuff like that, that they get discovered like that. So sure. it's like, now I have to figure it out. And I was like, all right, how do I work this TikTok? Yeah. How do I do that? Yeah, I know. Right. I'm a little older for TikTok, but I, I wouldn't mind. I have some ideas about how I'm going to use TikTok, especially with this new business that I just started. But that's neither here nor there. I think that it's the the understanding of, you know, TikTok as a channel, right? Mm-hmm. In the same way that as a kid growing up, I would turn to channel two, four, five, and seven, because those were the local channels in my area. In the same way that we turned to 4029 or whatever, you know, TikTok is a channel. Mm-hmm. Facebook is a channel. Instagram, a channel. LinkedIn is a channel. Each channel represents something different mm-hmm. to different people. And so- you know, it's just that ability to understand the channel that you want to go in and also understand where is your audience? Yeah. What channel do they frequent the most? Right. But I mean, I, I love for you just to kind of talk about like, were you always interested in comedy, even back to a child growing up in, in South Central? So, LA? you know, growing up, I, I grew up in a rough neighborhood. And, you know, when you're on TV, I'm just... uh the stuff that I was into, like I would play soccer, like all stuff, you know, growing up as a kid. And mm-hmm. I just remember one day, you know, flipping the channel and I, I just remember waking up and sitting there and I was like, I'm going to turn on TV and I turn on TV and I see George Lopez mm-hmm. and he was doing stand up. I've never seen, I've seen stand up, but I've never seen stand up. Yeah. Cause I, I would watch the Kings of Comedy and that Cedric the Entertainer, sure. you know, all those guys. And I would see them and I was like, man, this is funny. But the, then the Latin Kings came out mm-hmm. and that's when I, I remember just turning it on seeing George Lopez and it made me, I can relate. And it was like, he's brown, he's Mexican, you know, he's just like me and he's on TV. <laughs> yeah. So like now my imagination opened up and I was like, that always stuck with me. I was really good at sports. I was good at a lot of things, but it was just like something in the back of my mind. that's like, I have a thing for just vibing with people. And when I see somebody that, oh, they don't talk too much or the amount of friends that I have is just crazy how there's like different personalities. Like, dude, how do you know all these people? And how do you talk with these people? And I was like, I find something they like and then I dig into it. So I have something in common. So I have something to talk about. Yeah. I don't like people getting left out. So when I see that, I encourage them like, hey, you know, come look at this. Hey, this guy likes this, this and this. And then fair enough. It just I want everybody to feel like even at shows, my team, we have so many different personalities. I want something for somebody. Yeah. So when you come to a show, you're not just like, oh, he's only going to talk about this. No, we have definitely personalities. And I want everybody when they come to a show to get an experience. When they go home, they're like, man, that was so funny. Or like something that makes them like when you when you eat candy or you eat good food, you go and you're like, man, that was a good dinner last night. Right. That's how I want people to leave my shows. So right. it excites me. So just seeing that and just the way they laugh or like the way people laugh or people that bet you can't make him laugh or some <laughs> like out of my team, you like people that I know, my friends are like, what do you have in common with this person? Yeah. And it's something that I, I feel like I'm good at because I figure them out, you know, like I figure them out what do they like? And then I just dig into it. And the moment I see them reach for something, what are they reaching for? You know, what are their, what their Instagram look like? Or just something that just, and I just poke on it. So like, all different friends that I have, they all have something that I can touch on base and bring them in. You know, yeah. it's just, it's like something I was 
gifted with her, you know, I don't know if it's another talent that I got. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, certainly you have to be sensitive to who your audience is, but I also think that to me, humor is an international language, yes. right? That's why even some of the greatest comedians were silent, you know, that they just delivered their comedy through movements. And so I think it's interesting that, you know, and I think I'm, I'm thinking of like Charlie Chaplin, right? Yeah. Or somebody like that. But when you think about today, just you know, being able to kind of share something that's lighthearted, that kind of has a person saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand. That makes sense. I get that. Right. So speaking of which, and, and this is something that I'm curious about, how did you end up here in Northwest Arkansas? So places? when I graduated, J.B. Home brought me out here. OK. J.B. Home was like, hey, man, you speak Spanish. You know, you look good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we like the way you're funny, bro. Come right, on, right. Come on in. Now, as soon as, I, as soon as they gave me an offer and I, I came out here. <laughs> How long have you been here? Four years now. Okay, cool. Yeah, wow. Man. So you're like one of the few people that I've been here longer than. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And you've seen a lot of change even in four years. Oh, yeah. Like I have in eight years. Yeah, I saw snow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't stay long, but it does come from oh, time Oh, it stayed to time. a long time for me, man. Well, yeah, too long, right? Because you don't see any snow in LA. If you see snow in LA, you you're, got problems. You're in you the got, mountains. Yeah, Big Bear. You got to go to Big Bear. Yeah. So, well, no. So, okay. So you got out here a couple of years ago working with JB Hunt. At what point in time did you say, hmm, let me really check into this comedy scene here? Because- and the reason why I'm asking that is because honestly, when I moved here, I remember asking around about, hey, where can I go hear some comedy? And people would be not so much blank stares, but they were like, I don't really know. Yeah. Right. You know, like there wasn't really like, oh, go here or go there. And, you know, I remember you know, when I would go to visit L.A., I'd go to the Comedy Act yeah, Theater. Right there. Bam, I mean, bam. yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of everything. Right. Yeah. So even in Boston, in, the improv or or some of the other spots that you could go to, New York City, the same thing. But here, you know, there isn't a an exclusive comedy club. But um, I mean, obviously, at, at some point in time, as we continue to grow, that will probably change. Oh, yeah. But in the meantime, though, it's like, well, people didn't know where to look. So, and, what, I mean, what did, where did you do to kind of beat the bushes to find and identify places for comedy? So, when I, when I first moved here, me and my cousin, he, the one that gave me my name, yep. the Frisco kid, we were in Kansas City. There was an open mic. Okay. And I saw it and I got so excited. I was like, this is, I've always wanted to do this. Yeah, I want to yeah, see if yeah. I'm good at it. You yeah. Know? So we go in there and he starts hyping me up. He's like, sign up. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want to sign up. You know, like I'm right. nervous. You know, just, I wasn't, five was, minutes, I was, right? yeah, I wasn't, was I wasn't, five yeah. minutes? Okay. I wasn't nervous, but I was just kind of like, am I good enough to do it? Yeah. You know? So I started thinking about like, one of the guys told me, talk about one of your experiences that was the funniest to you. Yeah. So I sat down and then my, the guy came up and was like, hey, man, everybody's, this guy hyped you up. Everyone's looking forward to your set. And I was like, great. So, <laughs> so he tells me, he's like, here are the rules. You know, it's open mic. We don't have that many comics tonight. So you got five minutes. We light you up at four. So wrap it up and then finish your joke. But if you're good, we'll let you go on. Okay. So I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I get on stage and it's finally my turn and I go up there. And I'm in there, I do a set and I'm sweating, like I'm sweating, sweating. And I was like, man. So, you know, I wipe my sweat off and I, by the end of the night, I'm like, thank you. I'm the Frisco kid. Thank you so much. And I got off stage, it was clapping, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I come off stage, I'm like dripping. I was like, man, those are the longest five minutes of my life. I know, I know. My cousin said, what do you mean five minutes? I was like, 
You were up there for like 30, 35 minutes, bro. Really? And I was like, are you kidding me? He's like, no, bro. You were up there a long time. <laughs> I was like, man. And the, fair enough, everybody came up to me. I was like, dude, that was like, where are you from? Yeah, or where, yeah. where do you do? Or like, is, do you live here? And I was oh like, my goodness. I'm from, I'm from LA. And they're like, oh, so you do comedy out there? And I was like, no, bro. <laughs> it, was yeah. the, it was like the first time that I've gotten on a mic and actually done it. And it was just like, ever, after that, coming here, I started looking around and they had like, open mics, but it was mostly for music. Sure. So, you know, it's like when I first started or when I was looking around saying, you know, being out the bush, like, hey, where do I go? Where do I go? Where do I go type of thing? But now they're everywhere. Now, mm-hmm. now you can find them here in one in Fayetteville, the, the club uh, 509 at the Cava Bar here. Mm-hmm. They do it on Thursdays and they do it Fridays. So they got this in Fayetteville. This okay. is right here. Okay. I'm going to have to have you give me kind of a rundown of the places where we can find some comedy. And then I'll put that in the show notes so that people can. Oh, yeah. And of course, we'll get like, because you have a website, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll make sure that we link to your website as well so that people can find out what's going on. It's perfect. Yeah. So I love that. Well, okay. So here's the thing. You know, I, I do a lot of public speaking. Public speaking is not something that's scary to me. I have told people if they want to become a better speaker, they, they, there's, there's two things that they could potentially do. One is to do some improv, improvisation. What happens with improvisation is it causes you to be creative in your thinking and be willing to go with what you're given, right? Mm -hmm. Comedy is another option that you have because, you know, you have to prepare. Typically, you only have a very short window of time to share whatever you're going to share, which means that if you're going to tell a story, you have to have a clear beginning, middle, and an end Mm -hmm. and be able to wrap that thing up, like you said, in five minutes or whatever. In your case, it was 35, but- you're a natural. So, but my question to you is for people listening to this, what is it? What do you think it was about comedy here in Northwest Arkansas that, you know, maybe took it a little bit longer to really grab hold? Cause I know we're coming out of the pandemic. People obviously weren't going out to see, you know, shows for a while yeah. there. But now that we're out, it seems like I'm hearing way more about comedy in Northwest Arkansas now than I was pre pandemic. I just feel the urge to want to laugh. Yeah. And people just want to have a good time. And how it blew up over Instagram, TikTok, everywhere how it blew up. People want to see comedy now. It's just like, that's a, that's a thing now. Yeah. So I feel like everyone's now excited to see it. And I feel like that's why people are coming to the shows a lot because they want to laugh and we're delivering. Yeah. It's one thing for you to, you know, to have a comedy show and be all right. But when you have, you know, the right team, it, we're hitting on every level. So it's yeah. just... People get excited about it, tell their friends. And now it's now it's no longer, hey, there's a comedy spot. It's starting to become, we need to be there at yeah. the next one. You know? <laughs> so, right, and, right. And I always encourage people to come see what we're doing because the comedy scene here sometimes is not for everybody. So I, I, we changed up. We have our own team that we changed up everything. Really? Yeah. Like we, we stay away from crude stuff. Okay. We do clean sets. Okay. And that's what's separate. Because when I first started out, I was raw. I was just bam, 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 bam. Like, I didn't care, you know? (laughs) Well, you know, and I was was just wondering that because I was like, man, you know, it's like Andrew Dice Clay is not everybody's cup of tea, right? Yeah. Uh, Even Eddie Murphy and and some of the classic folks are just not everybody's cup of tea, you know? And I think about George Carlin. George Carlin was more, I thought he was more of a cerebral comic but he could throw enough F-bombs and other things yeah. into that set. But then I also think about it like a Jerry Seinfeld, mm-hmm. right? I mean, classic, you know, yeah. right? One joke a day, barely cursed if ever in any of his sets. So, you know, I think there's, you know, there's different strokes for different folks as far as that's concerned. Yeah. And that's, you know, when I first started, I was just 
wrong. Bam, bam. I didn't care who was listening. Right, I was right, like, this right. is who I am and yeah. this how I'm going to deliver it. And then I met Sean. Sean was my, my co-pilot. He's like my partner, you know? Okay. And we were recording one day. He recorded, I recorded his set. He recorded my set. Mm-hmm. And the people I hung around with, they're no longer from, you know, from the other side of town. They're, I'm in the right side of town now, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, with all these Walmart people, JB Hunt people. Right. And I couldn't share these videos because of all the cursing I had. Right. And it irritated me. Like, you know, it pushed me to like, now he made me understand he didn't have any cursing on his set. Yeah. So instead of me showing my videos, I was showing videos of him. Okay. You know, I was like, hey, this guy matches my energy. This, this is kind of what I'm like on stage. You know? Matches my energy. Yeah. yeah like yeah, that's yeah. what me and him click because right. we, we set each other up because either I go first or you go. It doesn't matter. Yep. You're going to get it. And I, we always challenge each other. So when I first met him and we, start, we started going off, because when I first met him, I wasn't starting, but I got over the hump. And me and him decided, I was like, you know what, man? We're different. We're going to go do a different thing than anyone else. And we're going to push it. Yeah. And fair enough, that's exactly what we're doing now. That's everything that we're doing. And that's something that I had to work on myself, challenging myself to like not want to cuss or like, you know, just rolls off perfectly. And I was like, nah, I can't. Yeah. So I challenged myself. Now we all have clean sets. And I'm, now I can share it. Now I'm getting booked at all these places where people were like, when I first pitched comedy, they're like, ah, I don't, I don't know if I want comedy in my place, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I invite them to shows and they come to shows. And you're like, yeah. You need to come. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When, when, when's your next available date? That's funny. And that's something that we're doing that we're like, we're able to pitch, you know, a clean show to people. And they're like, all right, like, come on with it. Yeah. And yeah. that's. You know, it's so funny on the, on the concept of, of cursing. Cause uh, listen, I've, I don't know that I would be called a, a sailor with my, yeah. with my language, but I mean, I've been known to go with the best of them, but I also, it was reminded of a comment that I heard. It was actually, I don't know if it was a quote or what, but. You know, a man curses when, and, and they were just saying, this was the quote, a man curses when he doesn't have the words to say how he really feels, Facts. which I think is very powerful when you think about it. And yes. again, this is, I'm not judging anybody whose comedic set includes a lot of foul language or what have you. I mean, there's some people that I just die at when I listen to them <laughs> because they're super funny. And Chris Rock comes to mind, of course, Dave Chappelle, yeah. but also I think a lot of times people want to walk away from comedy set with something that is thought provoking, right? And causes mm-hmm. you to really think. Now, some, I mean, and of course, he, he, I think he is the greatest comedian of our age, but Dave Chappelle always has you walk away with a thought. And he proves it where he doesn't go hardcore. I think he only said, he said the B word and the N word in his, <laughs> in his, his most recent monologue from Saturday Night Live. Those were the only two bad words that he used, but, but it was classic. And, yeah. but I think I've probably watched that monologue and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I've probably watched it, oh, 50 times mm-hmm. because it was brilliant. It was more social commentary than it was comedy, but it was stupidly funny, but thought provoking at the same time, if that's even a thing. Now, even me talking about it, when we leave here today, I'm going I'm going to go sit in the parking lot to wait and pick up my son from Woodland Junior High School, and I'm going to watch that monologue again. That's how good comedy can be. Yeah, and that's those are goals that I'm trying to hit. Yeah. Because the people I grew up watching was George Lopez, Dane Cook, Fluffy, you yeah. know, just Dave Chappelle, like the storytellers. Yeah. So- that's my comedy. That's where I 
you know, and the way they do their comedy, it's always encouraging because I watch is like, that's how good he is. That's how good he is. How good am I? Yeah. And it makes me push myself and it just makes me write, you know, I write down, we have writing sessions where we sit down and we go over our jokes, how to cut, you know, trim the fat or everything we got to do to deliver these jokes faster and watching them do it. And then when I get the reaction, I was like, man, because last weekend we had a show at in Rogers area, but it was like Latino based. Okay. So all the Latinos came out. Yeah. And man, I hit them with just all night, the jab, baby, <laughs> just the jab. And towards the end, you know, when people come up to you and they like, dude, the way you just wrap everything up and just at the end, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I take pride in that because I was like, I work at it. And it's just like, I think the cleverness of it. Because I grew up, I grew up and I worked for the government a lot. Yeah. So when I worked for the government, it's just not a government like a snitch or anything, but you know, like, yeah, no, I know. Just, <laughs> like yeah, a food processing. The way you say, yeah, yeah, I got food you. Processing. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you went yeah. there with the whole snitch thing, right? Yeah, but it's right. Like, no, 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 no. Hold on. I mean, <laughs> some people have legitimate jobs with the government that have nothing to do with that. Yeah. So, so we have, I worked at a food processing place. Okay. And the government would inspect. USDA. Yeah, USDA. Yeah. So yeah. anytime they gave you like a, it's like a ticket. Right. It was like five grand. So it was like, it was a big deal when you got one. Mm -hmm. So I always had to think fast. I always had to think of a solution. Anytime, hey, what's this? I would come up with like 10 different stories on the spot. Right. And I feel like that sovereigned me for my quick response. Okay. That's why when I go to roast, I'm probably not the guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to you. Like I already think. You're already thinking I'm ahead. I'm what already. You're say. Well, yeah, because it, it cut like $5,000. So I was like, either you get wrote up or you give them an answer. Yeah. And they want the answer on the spot. Right. So it always caused me to like think, 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 think. And it was like every day. I would wake up at five. I would have to clock in at 5 a.m. And automatically start dealing with these people. Wow. So it wasn't just like, oh, hey, you know, today that what it looks like, what is that? Figure it out. You know, right. no, it was like as soon as I would get there, it was like, Bam, this, this dude was a shark. So, <laughs> and I was bleeding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. So, I hear you. So I feel like at first I hate it. But like in the long run, I was like, man, that really helped me out to when there's issues or problems. Well, to, to think fast on your to feet. think fast and yeah. like not not panic. So yeah, I love I, I, that's a great story. It's so funny how life will present you with opportunities to fine tune a skill that you will then find use of later in your life. Right. Facts. Am, am I right? Facts. Because I think about like what I'm doing now behind a mic. It didn't come by accident. I didn't do it for a very long time, but I was introduced to it at a very young age and I internalized it. Little did I know that down the road in my lifetime, I would end up utilizing that. And I've told the story before, so I'm not going to get into that. But I think it's important for all of us listening to this that there are things that you've been exposed to, even at a young mm -hmm. age, good things. I'm not talking about bad things, but good things that have formed your identity. Whether or not you choose to awaken them and use them, that's a whole different story. But I mean, just what yeah. you experienced on that job with the USDA has actually prepared you for this new season that you're in. Mm -hmm. With your comedy, with your ability to build and attract an, a, an audience and to keep people coming back for more. Yeah. Like I, every time I do a show, I try to connect with the crowd, you know. So like I said, like I think of bad experiences before I get on stage to remember how bad I had it. <laughs> and it's something that's like it trips me out. Like my girlfriend, she looks at me she's like, why are you thinking about that? It's like I have to remember, you know, the bad times so I can go have a good time. Right. I want every time when we have a host. Before they bring us on stage, I'm like, hey, say something about what this person means to you or like, how'd you meet them? Or like, give the audience something so they can connect to the comedian. So when you get on stage, it's easier for them to want to 
want to hear him. Okay. You know, like yeah. for instance, if you were on stage, I'm like, hey man, give it for this man. This man, one of the greatest persons I ever met. Good on the mic, man. <laughs> yeah. When he, when I first met him, he met me with a smile. So, you know, <laughs> give it up for this guy. It yeah. already makes you want to go out there and like, I want to give this man a hug. You exactly. Know? Exactly. So yeah. it's like, when I get on stage, I really want people to have an experience, you know, sure. and it's important to me. It's important to me because like I said, we're our own critics, yep. you know, and when I have people come and tell me that how good the show was or like how excited they are, a smile on their face. Yeah. I'm like, where can you pay for that? You know, like the payment is there, like just because I always want to make people smile. I always want to have, when people are around me, I want them to feel like they're the best person ever. Yeah. You know, when I walked with my crew, it, the first time I walked in with them or we were hung out as a crew, they're like, first go, how do you know so many people? Or, you know, anyone knows you. And I was like, you know what? I need you to feel the same way. And yeah. It's all about attitude, man. Yeah. Like yeah. I, when I talk about you, I, I tell people you're a superstar. I let them know you're like one of the best people I ever met. You, I hype you up. So when you show up, I want you to be your, yourself. I want you to be the, the 100% when you're around people. So, you know, because I want you to feel it. Like yeah. when you're around me, I want you to feel like a superstar. I want you to feel like the energy, how, how positive energy rubs off on people. And the experience they leave when they talk to you is just something I, I, it's important to me. Yeah. So yeah. when you come to one of my shows, I'm not attacking you. I make you see things through my eyes. Sure. Sure. And that's that's the, that's how I tell my comedy is a point of view. So when I go in the crowd, everybody's like, "Oh, you should you should uh do you make fun of like I don't do that, bro. Yeah. Like I'm not a bully. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, like right. when you come to my show, you're you become the Frisco kid. You're watching this show through my eyes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's that's where the storytelling gets involved, and that's when I you know I pepper everything, season it right, and then bam. Yeah, no, I I love that. Well, you know, I mean, there is something to be said for you know not necessarily making an individual, your foil when it comes to your comedy, right? Mm -hmm. It's more of a commentary about a type of person, not an individual, mm -hmm. like a specific person. There are times when you can do it artfully to the point where it's not so much unflattering. It's kind of more flattering. It's like, wow, this person's actually talking about you and, and they're, they're doing it in a way that it's making people laugh, but you know, you don't feel bad at the end of it, you know? No, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. there is an art to that. And uh, certainly I would imagine that as you have gone out there and continued to practice it, I, I see delivering comedy is, is in the same way of working out, like it's building mm -hmm. a muscle. Yeah. I mean, so your muscles just getting stronger and stronger. The more you get behind a mic, the more you get up on stage and share. And so what would you tell somebody that's listening to this that may have been, you know, they may feel like they want to do some comedy, but the only comedy they do is in their garage to their family or to themselves, right? How do you encourage that individual to kind of get out of their own, out of their own way and, and you know, let the world hear what they have to say? To go out and do it. Like, yeah. just, I always, <laughs> like, I had a new guy that's never done comedy and he's always wanted to do it. It's like, hey man, do you think I should, think I should do it? And I was like, Dude, I'll go with you, bro. Like, let's go. Like, you don't have to worry about nobody. Everybody here's a comedian. They're here to see you. They're not going to judge you. They they know you're practicing your stuff. Just do it. It's like, what if I bomb? I was like, then perfect. <laughs> if you bomb, perfect. Right. It's like, right. what are you talking about? I was like, Jim Carrey said it the best, that once you bomb, you're a real comedian. Right. And fair enough, it was true. I was doing so good. And then one day I bombed and it just kind of like, I was like, what just happened? Yeah. And then I read in and then I started doing my own research. Now, you know, I was like, now I know how to recover. Sure. sure. Now I know, like now, now I start, if you don't get a laugh, like, or you, now it's like, it's an exercise that 
I was talking, dude. If you bomb, you've getting rid of the hardest part of this comedy thing. Yeah. Because now you, now that you know what it feels like to bomb, now you know what that's like. You're gonna be ready. You're gonna be ready for the next. Like that didn't work. All right, we're gonna do this one. Yeah. Or reading your crowd, reading. You know, just that's the best thing I can do. Is like get on, just get on there and get get rid of the first per, get rid of the first one. Yeah. And if you bomb again, then keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, keep doing it. Yeah, I know, which is crazy. It's like riding a bike, you know, mm-hmm. and if you keep falling down, you got to keep getting back mm-hmm. up and, and riding it until you can stay upright. And I think it's important because improv lends itself to that, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just the ability to, in the midstream, midstroke, to go in a different direction. When you learn that, then it becomes easier for you to understand, you know, what the deal is. You know, when when you're not getting the reaction that you would hope to get from an audience. Yes. And that can that can apply. You can use that in business. You can Everyone, use that yeah. with your family. I use it with my wife all the time. <laughs> so, you know, because I got to be quick on my feet. Right. And, I, you know, I, you get you, like like they say, come correct. It don't yeah. come at all. So, yeah, you better come you know, with it. <laughs> yeah. So but no, I love that. I think that's I think that's really good advice. And certainly for anybody listening to this that is even remotely thinking about being a comedian or, you know, just finding something different. I I look at it like this. I know people all the time, like people talk about public speaking. It's, I think people fear death more than they fear public speaking. I hear that. You know, it's true. It is true. And so I've always tried to help people overcome that by saying, here are different ways for you to get over that fear of presenting yourself to the world, right? Because you do it every day, but not in a form, a setting. Like I, if somebody said, Hey, there's a thousand people across the street at the Fayetteville Public Library, and we want you to come share a couple of words. I'm over there in yeah. two seconds. I have no problems <laughs> with that. Now, some other people would be like, listen, you can just shoot me now because yeah. I'm not walking across oh, that street. God. You know, but, I don't want to be in front of that. But, you know, I tell people all the time, it's not as bad as you think, but you've got to get to a place where you, you're you comfortable in your own skin and you don't worry so much about what people will think mm-hmm. because you, you have something to share. That's something that. I encourage to people go out and do something like follow their dream because everything that I'm doing right now, my life has gotten a lot easier. Yeah. And it's true because yeah. I remember I've always wanted to do it. Yeah. I've always wanted to do it. And I've always found excuses. I've always found something that's like, I'm not good enough. I can never be George Lopez. I can never be Dave Chappelle. I can never do that. <laughs> They've already taken up that spot. Right. Exactly. You got to find your own spot. Yeah. And I tell people all the time. Go out there and chase your dream because chasing is, is, this is so much fun for me. Yeah. And everything, like my life has gotten easier. Like I can literally, like that I'm booked up all the way to November, you know. I, it, I applaud you, man, for it, putting that work in. And is, that's what it's like right now. What do, what do you think it'll be like a year from now? Oh. You'll be like, I'm already booked up for the next six months. And then a year from that, from that, you'll be like, I'm booked up for the next year. And oh, so well, earlier this year, I looked at the Apollo in Springdale and I was like, I looked at it and it just reminded me of Chris Rock or yeah. like all these people that performed at the Apollo. And I told myself, I'm going to perform there this year. I'm going to perform. I don't look, I don't care how I got to do it, put in the work. I'm going to do it. Yeah. September 16th, we had a show at the Apollo. That's awesome. How did it go? Beautifully. Good, we good. got, like I said, pitching comedy to people that were doing clean comedy. It's hard to believe that there's yeah. clean comedy out there. And all the people that went, we had two shows. Earlier, it was all the, the grandparents, all the older crowd. And they went. And the lady that booked us, she was so scared. She's like, please don't give these people a heart attack. Yeah. And I was like, don't worry. You're in good hands. Yeah, Trust yeah. me. Relax. Yeah, that's funny. As soon as she saw the first show, she was sitting. She came and sat in the second show, relaxed out of her mind. She's like, no, 
I was scared in the first show. I saw what you guys did. Go crazy. Yeah, exactly. Go do do whatever you guys want to do. I am. You you sold what I needed to sell today. Yeah, and that's fair awesome. enough. As soon as we got done with that show, three calls. Hey, when can you come over here? Exactly. When you come over here, and it's, I love that. It's something that I pride myself in. So like the fact that someone got to have a, they're so scared. She was seeing them. She was like panicking the whole time. It's like oh, I've never seen these guys do comedy and. I, the, look at the crowd. And I was like, I know. Look at them. They're gonna love me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, so have you performed comedy in in the four major cities here in Northwest Arkansas: Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, and Fayetteville? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. What would you say? Is there any difference between the locations, or they're all very similar in terms of no. the audiences that you find? No, usually all of them have different spaces because some are restaurants with yeah. a stage sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like when I first came in here, the the hardest part was, can I be louder than the musicians? Yeah. And the people playing music, can I be louder than them? Yeah. And with the voice, I am my energy, bam, right away. So in a loud crowd, it doesn't matter. You're going to hear me regardless. Sure. And that's something that I, that I have because I'm like a ball of energy. When I get on stage, it's just, I'm on one. It's just in it. I can't, that's how I am. And I'm just a hype person. So if it's a loud crowd, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If it's a silent crowd, even better. Yeah. You yeah. know, so- there's different places, different comedy places, or like in Fayetteville, the one over here in the Kava Bar, that one's more intimate. It's real quiet. So you can go in there and record and do a set and chop it up and do what you need to do with it. Then you have like Black Apple and Springdale. Yeah. yeah. And then you have the new Providence and, and Bentonville. Yeah, in Bentonville. So it's just all kinds of different places. And Fort Smith over there, they're they're coming down here. You know? Really? Fort Smith, they have the brewing company, the Fort Smith they're that actually is a good setup too. They got a nice, they got a nice thing going on over there. They got the hookah lounge over there. Like it's just, it's blowing up, right? And it's, it's, it's happening around here. So, like I said, if I'm always looking to book new comics, you know, so it's like if you think you got it, just come and give it a shot. I'm encouraging, like I encourage people to do it. Like we have a newcomer, her name is Ayla, and she was so nervous, and I was like, go out there and just be yourself. Like stop yeah. trying to be anybody else. Just be yourself and. There's a reason you're on a team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go be yourself and handle business. You got this. You know, yeah. like if you bomb, we're just, we're right here. And then we had a new guy last week. He's never done comedy before. Wow. He's a really good friend of mine. And he got so excited because we just met a month ago mm-hmm. and we just been hanging out and just chopping it up. And what are you doing next Friday? I was like, oh, I got a comedy show. You got a what? A comedy show? I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm headlining it, bro. Oh, I've always wanted to do comedy. He's like, you know what? If you come, I'll throw you on stage. It's like, for real? I was like, yeah, so excited. I was like, go out there. What if I bomb? I was like, then you just did the hardest part, bro. Right. He gets up there, so excited. Does his thing, does pretty good. Gets off stage. And I just told him, I was like, good job, bro. Like, keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing. And he was, now he's like, dude, thank you so much. He's so excited. (laughs) And it's just, I don't even know where I was going with that. I just wanted to give him a high five. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's you sharing your platform with somebody else. So yeah. I think that, I mean, that's powerful. And certainly uh, I would encourage you to continue doing that because you don't know the difference that you'll make in somebody's life by giving them that opportunity. I had a person come up to me after a show one day and going through, through depression, going through it. She came to the show. After the show, she walked up to me and said, I didn't have to take my pills you don't understand what this means to me. Yeah. And she told me that she was going through depression and she was going through all these things. And she just wanted to say thank you. Mm. And she was waiting for me. Like I saw her and I didn't right. think nothing of it. So when I finally got around to her, she just kind of looked at me. and like, can I tell you something? And then she told me, it's like, thank you for doing that. And I was yeah. like, oh, I do this all the time. I don't know what you're right. talking about. And then she told me her story. And that <laughs> sure. was, and it was kind of motivate. That's why I feel that 
when I do my shows that I want you to feel something when you're at my shows. And that girl, when she told me that, it just like, it felt some type of way because no one's ever complimented me like that. Right. You know? Right. And I feel when she told me that, it just made something in my heart open up to be, that's how I want everybody to feel at my show. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to feel going home cringed, I can't believe we said that or this and that. And I feel watching Dave Chappelle, George Lopez, how the way they do things, the way they get to storytelling. Like, I don't have to be Dave Chappelle. I don't have to be George Lopez. I have to be me because I don't know how to be them. Right. You know, and right. I feel like being them is is a cheap imitation. And I can't yeah. do that. Be the best version of you. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. I always tell people, it's hard for me to tell you a joke. People always ask, tell me a joke. And I was like, it's hard for me to tell you a joke. Right. Like, you have to come watch me on stage because when I'm on stage, I become a whole different person. Exactly. You see me become the Frisco kid. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, like, it's not even an, it's a transition that. When I hear, for, I always tell people, man, when you hear the crackling of the dishes, yeah, that means you got them. You know, yeah, you that know means it. you got them. Yeah, because exactly. every now and then you'll pause, and then you hear people talking. Sure, sure. And I love it when I give a little pause, and I don't, I just hear the dishes or people in the back, and I'm like, I, I love it. I got, got them. Yeah, I got them. Yeah. let's go. And it's so funny because that's actually a technique for speakers. Like I would tell people to insert like a pregnant pause in their speech where they do it. Because a lot of times it's it's another good way to get people when you pause. Because people always feel like they got to fill up all the time mm-hmm. with you speak, speak, speak. And I'm like, no, sometimes silence is actually your friend because it, it does a couple of things. One, it will cause people to look up from their phone if they are looking at their phone when you're talking. Two, it is a chance for you to collect your thoughts, but it's also a chance for people to refocus on what you're saying or mm-hmm. what you're about to say. So there's some real benefit to that. And, you know, some of the best orators, the best speakers, the best comedians use silence to their their benefit. Yeah. You know, and Dave Chappelle's a master at it. Just go watch some of his sets where he will use silence. And it's when I say silence, I mean, I'm not talking about 20 seconds. It, it no, could be three it, to four it, seconds, yeah, but it's yeah. enough where you're like, oh, okay. And then there might be a facial. Yeah, he'll do that. Um, he'll you know, look, he'll do something around. with that or he'll yeah. look around and just so, yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm, it's classic. So yeah. it really is. And yeah, like his, the way he tells the stories is kind of where I go. Yeah. You know, kind of like where I wrap my stuff. Like I do a lot of movements, you know, I grab a little bit of Deja Pell from the way I tell my stories and Dan Cook. When I Fred comics, because when I saw him, I've never seen comedy the way he does it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I used you know, to love Dane Cook. And he, he, the, was, he was so on the expressive. scene for a while, and then he, he left, and then he came back. And so, yeah, very, yeah. very interesting. Has a real interesting story, too. I don't know if you've yeah. ever explored it. Yeah, so, yeah. I was Just, like, it's a lot of what? a lot of good comedians. And, you know, people think, oh, my gosh, these guys are amazing, so their lives must be perfect. But it's really not. It couldn't be further from the truth. No. no. You know, a lot of these yeah. guys struggle. They struggle with imposter syndrome. They struggle with other issues. But yeah, I think it's an, you know, for some, you know, comedy is a, is a real release for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a chance for them to be, to not necessarily, well, to be themselves in a way that is, is really true to who they are. And so I think. No, that's, that's, I always, I always tell my girlfriend that, you know, cause I'm booked every week and there's times I want to go hang out with my friends, but I can't cause right. I have a show. Yeah. And, you know, I told my girlfriend, it's going to pay off. Yep. Just wait. Yeah. Just, just a matter wait. of time. Well, no, cause when I get on, I told my, she started. She said she wants to help. And I was like, all right, well, you know, this is hard. Like, it's not <laughs> the easiest part is me getting on stage. Right. So what do you mean? It's like the flyers, the promotion, who's on deck, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. It's so much stuff. It's a comedy show. And she was like, you do all this? I was like, yeah. Like, it's not just, oh, hey, I'm doing a comedy show. Yeah. Come on. No. <laughs> I tell her, like, the easiest part of this is getting on stage. Yeah. Is getting on stage, making sure everything's going good. But when I get the mic, I, I know the show's good. Sure. The show. I take off, man. 
when you come to one, you're going to see what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're, no, you're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, definitely gonna, I'm definitely coming to one real soon. What is the website address for you? Oh, got thefriscokidlive.com. Okay, thefriscokidlive.com. I want to make sure everybody goes and checks that out to check out uh, Francisco Frisco Valencia. And I really want you to support him. If you do go to see him at a show and it's because you heard about him here first on the podcast, please let him know. Just say, hey, I loved you and Randy having your conversation. I wanted to come out and support what you're doing. So, you know, just give him some love and go see one of his shows. I'm going to come to one of his shows in the very near future. I don't know the date when this particular podcast will come out, but even if you're listening to this a year down the road, just go visit the Frisco Kid Live.com. The Frisco Kid yes, Live. That's also my Instagram name. Yeah. And yeah, the Frisco Kid Live. The Frisco Kid Live too on Instagram. And check him out. Find out where he's gonna be. If he's gonna be near you, go see him. Get a couple of friends, make a night of it, get some yeah, dinner. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh and laugh, right? Be laugh. prepared to laugh. So, laugh. Yeah. Laugh. I tell that all the time, man. La- laughter, you know, when you're mad, right. you think of stuff that makes you mad. Yep. When you're sad, you think of like stuff that just makes you sad. Yeah. But when you laugh, you don't think of anything. Anything, yeah. When you laugh, true. you're that's you're true. you're in another voice. Like, well, you're not, it, yeah. it it melts some a lot of the worries and and life's problems that you're dealing with. It, they melt away because I I certainly don't think about the stuff I got to do when I'm watching a Dave Chappelle and I've seen all his stuff and I listen to a lot of other comedians. I just I mean I just I really enjoy it and so it's. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for that. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> well, man, this is great. I really appreciate it. And, and certainly this was exactly what I was hoping for. So I want to I want to give a shout out to my audience again for recommending that I do an episode on comedy here in Northwest Arkansas. It is taking off. I would say that the Frisco Kid is part of that movement and that stratospheric growth that we're seeing in comedy here in Northwest Arkansas. So Definitely visit thefriscokidlive.com for more information about where this show will be. Connect with at the Frisco Kid Live on Instagram. Let them know that you heard about him here first on I Am Northwest Arkansas. Thank you so much, Frisco, for coming and joining us today on the podcast. We really appreciate it. No, thank you, man. Thank you for just giving me time out of your day and the hospitality, man. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, well, awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And we will certainly do it again. And and uh, as I said, man, it's you know, it's always uh it's always my joy to be able to share this platform with as many people as possible. And so I'm certainly thankful for you and for what you're doing. And I just wish you nothing but the best. Oh, thank you. Just wait, man. Just wait. That's just it. Wait. Just wait. I'm on fire. Folks, he might, he might get me up on a stage one day. We'll see. But oh, I'm not yeah. making any promises right now. So, well, listen, folks, that's another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Sign up today. You can also subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And please, please, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for another new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on 
I am Northwest Arkansas.